Now you can find, listen and subscribe to Chilling with Jens and the local Danfoss Climate Solution podcast in your RevTools app. Download it from danfoss.com. Service and support. Downloads. Hi, I'm Jens Andersen from Danfoss Climate Solutions. Today's podcast is about commissioning and the startup of a cooling system. And John Broughton will talk you through all the procedures, all the little things to remember and the details, do's and don'ts. Just a small request from my side, though, before we go on. Please let us know if you have ideas for suggestions to themes for new podcasts. You can email us your suggestions on... Chilling with Jens, in one word, at danfoss.com. Hi, John. How are you doing? Hi, Jens. Doing good. Thank you very much. And I hope the same for you. Yep. Sure. Doing well. Uh, John, could you give us a very brief introduction to yourself? Certainly, Jens. Um, yep. Hello, everybody. My name is John Broughton from Danfoss. Um, work as a global application expert and uh, have done for a number of years within Danfoss now. So, and, uh, yeah, hopefully everybody's heard us before talking. Yeah, I'm sure that uh, people have heard uh, the both of us in, in uh, some of the uh, podcasts over the previous times. Um, John, we're going to talk about commissioning best practices today. So, essentially, the, 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 the plant, the, the cold room or whatever we're talking about, is there now so do you switch the flip uh, flip the switch uh, uh, immediately or what do you do John? okay uh, that, that's a good topic ends and i've probably seen both sort of sides of that some people you know they, they do the installation and uh, they flip the switch charge it up and then leave site and then you've got the other side which uh, you know do what i call a proper commissioning and i know everybody's under you know time pressure these days everybody wants everything done now or yesterday you know everything's quick 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 um but you've got to think about the longevity of the fridge plant so do a proper commissioning you know that the system is sort of you know working correctly so once it's uh, once you've done the the installation you know the pipes and the wires and, and all that are connected and everything's in place um i'd probably say just you know take a few minutes sit back and think right i've got to get this thing running now and i've got to make it work uh, and you know live a happy uh, and and long life so to speak yeah so if if we start from from scratch what would be your first thing to attend to um I'd probably i mean we are assuming that the equipment that we've installed is you know selected correctly it's going to do the right job We are assuming that you know everything is installed correctly as per the manufacturer instructions. Then we come down to you know what uh, is termed commissioning, and I sort of look at the basics to lay the foundation for commissioning. And you know you've got the system check, make sure that all the uh, all the connections are tight, all the valves are in the correct position, all the wiring is nice and tight, and that's quite an important point to be honest because what we've got to remember is a lot of the components that we use in the refrigeration industry a condensing unit for example you know that's been made somewhere in the world it's then being transported by you know road rail ship air whatever um, and things can come loose so 
a good first thing is to make sure that all the electrical connections, both the field wiring and the, the internal wiring, um, whether it's, you know, condensing unit, controller, evaporator, whatever, make sure that all the electrical con electrical connections are tight. Um, we've got to make sure that the, as I said, all the valves are in the right position. So make sure that the rotor lock valves are, uh, you know, open. Make sure that all the uh, things like the pressure transmitters, etc., are getting a, a pressure reading. Um, then we've got to talk about things like leak detection, dehydration. Um, presume that we've sort of got to that point, but we can we can talk a little bit about that as we go, you know, through the process. So, if we, if we take a look at the condensing unit, just 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 as an example, right? And, and the wiring. Um, so you would actually start pulling each and every little wire or? Yeah, I mean, that that's uh, what's termed the pull test, or at least that's what I was, you know, taught going back many, many, many years ago. Uh, just do a quick pull test on all the wiring connections within the unit. Make sure that they're tight. You don't need to get a screwdriver and, and physically check every connection, but at least do a pull test and make sure everything is uh, is you know secure, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and and on that note, let's say if the condensing unit or the evaporator or the system itself has any form of electronic controllers in there, which we do these these days. <clears throat> you know, make sure that you've read the instructions and make sure that the settings are at least correct to make the system function before you actually, you know, flip the switch, so to speak. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that's a very important one these days. Yeah. What about what, what about the, the, you could say, the mechanical part of, of, of things? Pressure testing, uh, what do I know? Um, thinking about the, the sort of basics and laying the foundation, things like the strength test, pressure test, leak test, and again, this this varies, um, you know, depending where whereabouts you are in the world. Um, basically, talking about Europe, so we're looking at EN three seven eight, and basically, the first thing you would do would you would you would do a pressure test. Now, that pressure test is above PS, which is the maximum safe working pressure, and depending on the system, that is one point one times PS as your minimum strength test and then the maximum pressure strength test is 1.43 times PS and then you do a tightness test or a leak test at basically PS. Um, now the strength test normally held for about 15 minutes, increase the pressure to uh, about five bar initially within the system. We check for leaks, many leaks, you know, they're going to be identified at that pressure and then we can reduce the pressure to uh, to the tightness test, the leak test, and then leak test the whole system. And again, you know, I know time is of the essence when we're on site. Um, I was always told to hold that test pressure for 24 hours. I know things are different these days. Some people do that for, you know, a few hours, 12 hours, whatever. Um, but I was always taught 24 hours basically for your for your leak test. Um, then when we know that, that the system is, is tight, then we can start thinking about the, uh, the vacuum procedure within the system. And again, you know, everybody uh, does things slightly differently. There's uh, the sort of basic way would be to uh, install a vacuum pump on your system, pull from both sides of the system. So the low side, high side, make sure that all your valves are open in the system. So you are evacuating the whole of the refrigeration system. Um, use, you know, uh, 
decent lines from your vac pump, so uh, three eighths lines, something like that. You basically want to reach a level of uh, 0.67 millibar. Uh, once you've reached that point, wait 30 minutes. Now, if your pressure increases rapidly, then the system is not airtight, so you need to locate and repair that leak. If the pressure increases slowly, then basically that's telling you that you've got moisture in the system. So what I would then do would be to break the vacuum with nitrogen and then restart the vacuum procedure. Breaking the vacuum with nitrogen just helps remove that moisture from the system and then basically do the same thing again. Run your vacuum pump and get down to, to 0.67 millibar. Again, wait 30 minutes and if the pressure um, doesn't increase, then you know that your system is nice and tight. Um, vacuum procedure, very important. We want to get rid of all that uh, you know, moisture within the system. Moisture is an enemy to the refrigeration system. It can cause blockages, for example, in the orifice of the TEV. Um, moisture actually reacts with the refrigerant and the heat within the compressor and can generate weak acids, and that can lead to burnouts, copper plating within the system, etc. So those sort of basics, the strength test, pressure test, the leak test, and then the vacuum procedure, are, let's say, critically important to the life of the refrigeration system. Okay, so this is where we then say, uh, now we can start charging the system, or? Yes, um, we, then you would uh, break your, your vacuum with your refrigerant gas, start charging the system. Again, charge is uh, always an interesting um, topic. Um, Never start a compressor under a vacuum, uh, particularly a scroll compressor, because that can lead to damages of the scroll set. Um, always use the correct refrigerant. Make sure that refrigerant is approved for use with the equipment that you're that you've installed. Um, basically, what I would say would be the correct process: fill the refrigerant in the liquid phase into the liquid receiver uh, or the liquid line to approximately four or five bar something like that um, if we're on uh, 448 449 and two bar 134a 513 something like that and then the remaining charge the top-up charge you'd put in via the suction line not in liquid form i have to say um, you know a, a compressor is a vapor pump not a liquid pump until the system has reached let's say stable operation um, and one good thing when you're commissioning is you can actually calculate roughly the amount of charge that you need. Um, and that's basically the volume of the receiver and the volume of the liquid line. And that will give you an approximate charge that you'll be looking at for your system. A little bit less, a little bit more. Obviously, we don't fill the receiver 100% um, when, uh, when it's running, but you know that, that gives you a sort of a good guide to the amount of refrigerant that you need in the system. Yeah, yeah, sort of a rule of thumb. Mm. Yep. Uh, what about oil? Oil. Um, yeah, I think, as I've said probably many times before, uh, when we've been talking, oil is the lifeblood of the compressor, and the compressor will come charged with, uh, you know, a, a certain amount of, of oil. Once the system has been running for a period of time, by the nature of the uh, of the compressor, you know, you will pump out oil into the system um, and we need to get that oil back to the compressor, back down the suction line. So we need to make sure that, you know, 
when we've been installing the system that our pipe sizes are correct. We've got the correct velocity. Uh, and if we've got pipe lifts, for example, that we have uh, goosenecks, swan necks, etc., so that we ensure that any oil that does get pumped out out of the compressor actually comes back to the compressor. And this is an important topic in the commissioning process is to make sure that when we've been running the system for a period of time, we do check the oil level in the compressor. Does that oil level need topping up again? Um, as I said in the beginning, everybody is, you know, time is is everything these days. And a lot of people, as you say, flick the switch, off we go. It's running, fine, leave it. Um, I was always taught, again, this is a few years ago now, to actually revisit the site in a day, couple of days, and just check the oil level in that compressor. Because if we don't, if we if we pump out all the oil and we're not getting the oil back, then that compressor is not going to live very long. No. So I know time is incredibly important these days, but oil is also incredibly important to the life of that compressor. But essentially, you could say that the the, the oil uh, is from the start in the compressor. Yes. And then you could take it from there, essentially. Yes. Grant. Now, if we're talking about adjustments. I guess there it depends on, of course, the system and, and the amount of, of different components you have in the system. But uh, I guess there will be some adjustments to do to, to make it run, uh, say, optimally. Hmm. Um, not the least superheat, stop cooling maybe, but else? Um, I think that sort of comes back ends to what we said at the beginning. If you've got any form of electronic controller in the system, that might need to be uh, adjusted, you know, things like defrost times, for example, defrost duration, drip down time, fan delay, they need to be set up according to the application. Um, we need to make sure that we've got the the system working as it should. And if we just come back a little bit to charging the system, um, how do we know when the system has the uh, correct amount of refrigerant in it? There's sort of three things that we can look at. One is the refrigerant sight glass is fitted. Make sure make sure that we're running a full sight glass. Um, the other thing to do is see if we have some subcooling on the condenser. Normally nowadays, you know, you only get uh, maybe uh, one one degree of subcooling on the condenser, but at least then we know that we are uh, approaching our sort of charge point. Make sure that the superheat on the evaporator is stable. Um, so there's, there's things like that that we need to check. Um, this, then the sort of basic checks that uh, you know I like to uh, talk about, make sure everything sounds as it should, all the fans are doing as they should, you know, cold suction line, warm discharge, uh, ambient temperature on, on the, on the uh, liquid line. You know that the system is running somewhere in sort of balance. Then, as you said, Obviously, we've got to check the superheat on the evaporator. We've also got to check total superheat, so meaning the temperature of the suction coming back to the compressor. There's always been this uh, belief in the industry that an expansion valve is factory set. And yes, it's factory set to a certain amount of superheat, but every job, every application is different. So when you're actually part of the commissioning process would be to set up that expansion valve on the evaporator and make sure that we're running at the correct level of superheat. And if we're talking a thermostatic expansion valve, you know, 7, 8K superheat is where we want to be. Um, we also want to make sure that we're not 
freezing our compressor, we also want to make sure that we're not cooking our compressor. So you also want to measure our total superheat, which means the uh, the superheat back at the compressor, and make sure that is in line with the guides of the uh, of the manufacturer. I think this is about where we can then well flip the switch, I guess, isn't it? I mean, you we we need to have the compressor running now. Uh, Adjusting superheat, subcooling, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Uh, and and then all the electronics. Uh, if if it is, of course, uh, with electronic controllers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. How about all the um, the uh, settings? When would you do that? Would that be too late now when it's running? Or <laughs> no, I mean, it, I I guess Jens, if we talk about sort of time frame. Um, mm. You know, we've we've done our uh, pressure test, leak test, strength test. We've pulled the vacuum. We're charging the system. The system's running, and we're we're, we're getting it to a point where we're starting to get refrigeration. Um, we've set up our expansion valve. We know the compressor's working within it, its operating envelope. Then, once things are, are getting down to temperature, then really it's time to sit and think about the settings that we have in the um, room thermostat for example that will control the room temperature might control the defrost function things like that so now is the time really to to start thinking about optimizing the system and making sure everything is is doing as it should yeah and the electronic controls i said before but also uh, things like um, uh, defrosting uh, timings etc etc i guess yeah yeah i mean that that's another topic um we can you know, most people know how to set up a, a defrost system, whether we need, you know, 20 minutes for a defrost, whether it's time uh, time terminated or temperature terminated or both, um, what the drip down time should be, what the fan delay time should be. Um, we can set those as a sort of uh, typical setting, let's say, that we know works. And then again, we, we come back to this sort of time scenario that, uh, you know, if you're then passing the site in a week or a few weeks time or a month's time, always good just to pop your head in and just make sure that that coil is remaining clear so that mm. we know that those defrost times, the settings that we've put in are actually working for that application. Um, you know, if it's the type of application where perhaps they leave the door open of the, the cold room or the freezer room more than they should, that will then have an effect on the amount of moisture that we're getting on that coil. So then maybe we need a slightly longer defrost time or a slightly higher termination temperature. So it, it comes down to that, um, you know, checking and adjustment to make sure that it's doing as it should. Yeah, I see. Um, how about the... Electricity, in, in, sort of in, in, in general, we have places in the world where the voltage may not be as stable as it should be. Uh, there may be some pretty tough current draws, etc., etc. Uh, anything there we should um, pay attention to? I guess uh, yes, definitely, and and that comes down really to the the, the sort of start of the commissioning process. You know, generally within Europe, the voltage is fairly stable, um, although I have been to sites where we've had issues with on three phase systems, for example, where the voltage over the three phases has been, um, let's say, slightly different. So 
what I would always do when you're starting the process is to check your voltage, make sure that you're happy that you've got the correct voltage for the, uh, the for the country that you're working within. Um, and then things like when the system starts up, particularly on single phase, for example, when we start up a, start up a compressor, um, you know, we're pulling quite a high current draw. Make sure that the location that that equipment is installed in can actually cope with that current draw. Um, you know, things like a uh, shop on the high street, maybe that might have a limit on the amount of amps that they can pull from the network. Um, all that should have been sorted out know before the equipment was installed yeah. but we occasionally have issues with things like that where systems are pulling you know way too much current than they're actually allowed to pull from the uh, from from the network itself yeah 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 i could imagine that there may be startup uh, current draws that may be sort of at the very limits of what is allowed in that particular place Okay, John, so the system is running and let's say it has been running for a few days, et cetera, et cetera. And you said it before, it's always a good idea to come visiting uh, a few days later to check, uh, yeah, to check what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically it's to, uh, you know, just look at the system, use your you know, senses, look, listen, touch, smell, all those sort of topics. Um, look at the system. Is everything doing what it should be doing? Does it sound normal? Are all the fans working? Are the fans all going in the right direction? Um, is the back of the evaporator clear of, uh, you know, frost or ice? That then tells you that the defrost system is is working as it should. Check the oil level in the compressor. Uh, most important, if it is low, then obviously, uh, top up the compressor with the the uh, correct oil and I always say this please make sure that you look on the data plate of the compressor that will tell you what oil you need to install um, in into the machine um, so yeah it's just looking over the system is everything working as it should speak to the end user is he happy with it um, yeah just just generally look at the system is it doing what it what it should be doing yeah, great. Thank you, John. Uh, have we covered everything? Um, I think we've sort of covered most things, Jens. I mean, if we sort of run through, um, you know, we've got the basics, make sure that everything is installed correctly, make sure all the electrical connections are nice and tight. Um, we've done our, um, you know, pressure test, leak test, strength test, etc. We've pulled our vacuum. Um, that sort of one point when we come back to the site always make sure that the site glass is showing that the system is dry um, so the system is up and running we've adjusted the various settings and that could be within the electronic controllers if they're fitted um, you know uh, check the the pressure switch settings again if it's a manual pressure switch HPLP make sure that they are where they should be don't automatically trust the settings that come on the unit um, you know, make sure that you adjust those for the application and the refrigerant that you're using. A lot of condensed units now are multi-refrigerant, so the settings in the uh, HPLP switches will need adjusting to, you know, the, the system and the application that you are um, installing. Make sure all the valves are in the right place. Um, 
good point at the end of the commissioning process you know just give the system another leak test always make sure that the system's nice and tight um and you know things like superheat again there's that that typical thing that all engineers do we feel the suction line is it nice and cold uh, if it's a freezer room then it, it should be cold if it's a medium temperature room you know plus three something like that it should be cold uh, you know sweating maybe a little bit of frost but nothing too excessive liquid line ambient temperature just above discharge line you should be able to touch it for a moment if you can't then you know you are running the machine a little bit too hot and that's going to cause you issues so the sort of general things that we do the the touch and feel of the system and make sure everything is as it should be yeah use your senses use your senses yeah exactly exactly and that is probably one of the biggest uh or the the tools that we've got in our toolbox without even opening the toolbox you know is the uh is the senses that we all have as an engineer to actually think is that system working as it should does everything feel all right does it sound all right um you know all that sort of thing great thank you so much john it was as always a pleasure to have you uh and to hear your your knowledge about the systems. Um, so thank you so much, John. All right, thank you, Jens, and I'm sure we'll talk again. Absolutely. Thank you for listening in on this podcast. And again, please let us know what you think about our podcast. And please send us your ideas and suggestions on Chilling with Jens, in one word, at danfoss.com. And as usual, remember to stay cool.